you've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LGN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Jacqueline Peterson and joining me in today's quad is special guest Liz Dotson, our director of sales. Hello, everyone. Lynn Molitor. Hello. And Tim Muma. Hi, everybody. Now, our topics are sort of all over the place today, but that's okay. I think it's sort of telling (laughs) as to what we're experiencing in the workplace. And if you guys don't mind, I'd like to kick us off for our first topic, which is having the, the thought or the mentality of a job versus a career. In your experience, I mean, we all have different experiences here. What is the difference between those two? Hmm. That's a good one. I I kind of always think of a job, and I don't mean to offend anyone out there. Um, it's just a means to an end. I have to go somewhere to earn an income. Um, my job starts when I arrive, and it ends when I leave, and I don't really think anything more about it until my next scheduled time period. Whereas a career, I think of it more, um, you know, it's an attitude. It's a way of living and working. Um, a positive career can translate into a happy um, home life outside of work. I don't know if I'm describing that right. I think it's a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I look at a job is more of the day-to-day. I do my job. I do my roles and responsibilities. And then at the end of the day, that's what's all said and done. But then from a career standpoint, I look at that like you're building it. You're creating something. It's more long-term and more future-based where everything you're doing is developing and growing to a bigger and bigger, greater thing. And um, you're building around that success and uh, making yourself a successful career versus it just being your day-to-day job. Yeah, I think both Lynn and Liz touched on the the future aspect versus the present. I think that's the huge difference between the two. And I, I've never conducted a job interview, but obviously I've been in a couple. And uh, Lynn and Jacqueline conducted the one I was uh, in here. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, that question of where do you see yourself in five years, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't think when you're just at a job, you ever necessarily put that in your head. I don't oh, think you have. Point. Where am I going to be here in 10 years? What would I be doing here? Uh, so I think that really lends itself to understanding, okay, now it's a career. Now I'm thinking of, to Liz said, it's it's sort of that that future developing. Um, and, and to Lynn's point as well, it's it's I think it's more encompassing of you as a whole as opposed to the job just being in that location and you move on. Uh, I always find that question interesting, though, with a company because – in theory, you know, people think, well, you know, if I really want to advance my career, I may move somewhere else after here. So uh, I think there is a balance, but I think that that key point is the the present tense versus the future tense. Are there, and I would agree with everything that you guys had mentioned, I definitely think it transcends just your day-to-day tasks, and it's about building something for the future for yourself. And you know, Tim, to your point, you know, even if you're not at that company, you're still whatever skills you're building at that particular moment are valuable to that next employer mm-hmm. that you move on to. So what I'm really getting at and what, I, what I'm what i hoping that we can provide to our job seekers here is how can and what sort of tips can we provide to our job seekers, you know, to change that mindset from, oh, this is just a job for me and really focus on those skills and possibly build a career with their current employer, even though they might have the mentality today that it's just a job. Or maybe down the road, 
you know, what skills can I bring from here that will parlay into what it is that I really, really, really want to do? Do you guys have any sort of best practices or tips that you can provide? Well, I find it interesting, even like for those people who may be like in their first job, if they're teenagers or in college, um, how to work with people. You know, that's a skill, teamwork. I mean, that is a skill that you're going to have throughout the rest of your life. And I think if you kind of grasp that, all right, this may just be a job today, but I can learn from working with others, working with people of different backgrounds, different ages, um, you know, kind of always think that, you know, challenge yourself. What could I be learning today that I think I could actually use five, ten years from now? No, that's a good tip. You know, a lot of it to me, and it was actually a guest on one of our radio shows that brought this illustration up. It's the idea of you have two bricklayers or, you know, people who work in masonry, and one is just sitting there thinking, all I'm doing is laying bricks, laying bricks, laying bricks. And the other person creates something more out of it and says, I'm building a road that is helpful for society. I'm building a house that people are going to live in. It's very important. So it's it's being able to develop that mentality, as Jacqueline mentioned, having that mentality of that it, there's an importance to it and there's a value to it, not just in what you're doing, but for your coworker, for society as a whole. I mean, it may not be on that big a scale of, you know, helping starving children or anything like that. But even if you think of our radio shows, yeah, we're just, in some cases, we're just having fun and we're talking about jobs. But in the grand scheme of things, we're looking to help people. We're looking to give people tips, help with their career. So if you can find that that bigger motivation, that greater purpose, I think that is just an easy way to then develop those skills naturally without kind of force-feeding yourself. Yeah, I think, Tim, you hit the nail on the head there with thinking that bigger picture, like beyond just the day-to-day of what you're doing and thinking about how it impacts and how it can affect beyond just what you're doing in a day. Um, a, a tip I would provide is actually people who you know have had successful careers and have built and developed, pick their brain on finding out how did they move up in organizations or within their roles, and uh, especially if there's an industry or an area that you want to get involved in further and ask people about how they, what the keys and tips and success stories they had in building their career. But then also I think um, on the other side too, You know, it's great when companies can foster uh, a culture that gives people the mindset of being career oriented and showing that development of wanting to um, help people build and develop their careers within the organization. And having that conversation with management and and others in the organization is important, too. Yeah. And another tip I sort of want to offer that I've actually done or that I think is valuable is you know, if there's someone that you aspire to be like in your current, you know, organization, connect with them. Try to emulate what they're doing. I know, Liz, you said talk to them, pick their brain. Emulate them, though, too. If you notice that they're coming in early and they like to get into work 30 minutes early, that's a great opportunity to come in early and chat with them, pick their brain a little bit. Um, If you notice that they do things a certain way and you're working on projects, you know, mirror what they're doing because you know that it's going to or it's bound to be successful. I think that's something that comes down just to mentoring. But I think a lot of times there's this misconception like, oh, that's my mentor. They need to do this for me. They need to come and spend time with me. But you as a mentee also need to find people that you really want to, you know, develop into or mirror that and, you know, copy what they're doing. I think that's that's a good point. I think Mm -hmm. that would make Yeah, they got to take the bull by the horns. They kind of do. I mean, that's, 
That's sort of what you have to do if you really want to get ahead. If you're waiting for someone to mentor you, yeah, it, it's and it's you're not going to get the most out of it. But at the same time, you also are sending a message, whether you think you are or not. It is sending it is sending a message. So um, good. Well, good tips there. So now I want to. That was a rough one. <laughs> you made us. You made us think on that one, Jack. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's have an easy one. Okay, let's talk about emails, workplace emails. Liz. Email is so easy to talk about, but so hard to manage. Um, I actually read an article recently that said the average person spends 28% of their week managing email. So over a quarter of our time is being spent managing email. And I have to say, it's probably getting pretty close to that for myself. I A lot of the day is spent um, responding to emails, creating emails, um, and managing my inbox. And so I thought it'd be a good topic for us to talk through tips and best practices on how to effectively manage that ever-growing inbox. I actually like this topic because I'm struggling with it right now just because I was at a few conferences over the summer and I was out of the office for two weeks for those conferences and then I was taking PTO. So I am so trying to catch up on my emails. One thing that I actually ended up doing this week because I just felt like I was getting buried was I added back the preview section. Do you know when you open your email and you click on it, there's a section that'll have a preview to the right, right. or to the bottom? I originally had taken that off years ago because I felt like it was annoying. And if I got some spam, I didn't want to accidentally open it. And then that, you know, we're, or viruses can go out. But luckily, we don't have any spam here, or at least I don't have any spam. <laughs> but anyway, I actually added it back because um, it saved me time versus clicking and going back and moving stuff. So I would just so now I added the preview back. I can quickly go through the emails that I still need to respond to and the ones that I don't. I move them. So that's the first thing. Is my that's my tip number one. Add back the preview if you need to. And then I move all the ones that I don't need to respond to or that are concluded, is what I call them, into another folder called Inbox 2. And I save all my emails in there in case I need to reference them. That way, anything that's in my main inbox is something that I need to respond to, and I know that by the end of the day. So are you doing rules and folders then or no? No. Okay. I have folders, yes, but I don't do rules just because I don't really – I haven't really needed them. But definitely folders – Inbox one, inbox two, everything that I don't need goes in inbox two. I mean, the folders idea, obviously, I think is, is huge uh, just to be able to make sure you're compartmentalizing everything you have. And, you know, whether it be a co, you know, you have folders for each coworker or maybe it's a different subject or project. Uh, I, I personally like emails a lot. I just always, for the longest time, I've just had the habit of, you know, send out that email, then you can go to work. And then when they respond, you get back to it. I just prefer that, unless it's something that's minor, you, you go back and forth. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, everybody's got to sort of deal with it their own way, what's going to work best. And, and you do run into times where maybe you miss an email or you thought you replied and you didn't. And um, so I, I just think the biggest thing is, is being able to track them in different ways, whether you are, you know, you put an, an alarm or alert on it where it says, you know, I need to get back to this person by four o'clock. Uh, maybe you send that, if you're dealing with a coworker or you're managing someone, you give them that alert so that, you know, they remember, I mean, Jacqueline saved me numerous times because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that. And all of a sudden it's four o'clock on Thursday and she wants it by the end of the day. I'm like, oh, totally forgot about, you know? So <laughs> I think that's a big thing really is utilizing those alerts, utilizing those little, just to, to remind you, because we all obviously get busy. We all get wrapped up. Some, maybe something pops up that you have to deal with and that other piece gets put on the back burner. Not that you want to ignore it, but um, that's definitely saved me a few times. And that's not even through something that I necessarily was doing, but just Jacqueline and, and some other coworkers. So I would say you really utilize those, those alerts, those alarms, those reminders, <laughs> anything you can, because- 
when you get backloaded with all that, as Jacqueline said, you're just constantly catching up and you're not sure what you missed, what you got to. So that would be the biggest thing I would say is those, those alerts are huge. Yeah, I don't really know if I have any tips to offer. <laughs> I just had to ask to have my mailbox increased. Whoa. Yeah, because wow. it was getting, I was running out of space. <laughs> I'm like so far behind. I never seem to catch up. The one thing that I would like to offer to everyone is please use reply all um, <laughs> in, a, in a very careful manner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like we do some really nice stuff here in terms of anniversaries and I don't know what uh, anniversaries and birthdays or whatever, Um, you know, promotions, you know, the message comes out and it's like you're having a busy day. And then all of a sudden, treats in the kitchen and everyone feels compelled to thank, (laughs) thank you, thank you, thank you, tons of email. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, my my inbox is totally out of hand. And now I've got, you know, all the treat messages coming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so use reply all when necessary. Yes. If you want to thank the particular person for a treat, email them directly. Yes. Oh, by all means, I'm all for the I'm all for the thank you. But if your message is just going to be thank you, I don't think <laughs> the whole company needs to see that. All right. I definitely agree. Think about I the value. Agree. I do agree. <laughs> and use alerts, as Tim said, folders, everything. Okay. So switching gears here a little bit, we want to talk about something that I think we all love, which is vacations. Lynn, but you had a little twist to it. I read an interesting article that um, I don't know if um, all of the three of, of you got a chance to read, but the gist of it was about the benefits and, and importance of taking a vacation. And I found it funny because the author said, uh, take a vacation, not a fake-cation. And I thought, oh, how true, how true. And it was funny in the article that she um, she had all these quirky little names. A nanocation is taking an afternoon off. <laughs> a microcation is a few days or a haycation is a vacation on a farm. <laughs> I just had a, thought that was funny. But um, but a fakeation would be where you're so connected to the office that you might as well just be in the office. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's kind of go around and remind everyone the importance of taking a true vacation um, because there are a lot of benefits that, you know, we should uh, we should realize. I recently was back in Arizona. That's where I'm originally from, as you guys know. And um, it was a girl's trip. We were shopping for my sister's uh, bridal dress and then the the bridesmaids' dresses. And it was just girls. And I had such a great time because we went out. We did our thing. We went out in the evening after we had gone shopping. Um, We hung out by the pool. It was just so relaxing. And I have to tell you that normally I have – a vacation, according to the article, where <laughs> there are times where I'm so connected that it's just at, it's at this point, yeah. it's just pointless. Um, the only benefit is, I guess, I'm alone. <laughs> Maybe You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I don't really know. But this was like the one time where I actually couldn't be connected because I physically couldn't have yeah. my laptop with me. I mean, That's we good. were shopping. We were running errands. We were doing stuff. And I have to say it was, it was actually – a um what's it called a few days it was technically a microcation but i felt so rejuvenated when i got back to the office so i think that there because i only took yeah i took uh 
took two days off or a day and a half. So it was really small plus the weekend. And I felt really rejuvenated. So it just made me, it reminded me, it was refreshing because I thought that was a nice way to do it. Even though it was small, the small vacation, I did close the laptop. I didn't have access to it. And I really felt ready to go the following Monday when I was back at the office or whatever. So I do think that there's value to it. Even if it's a small number of days, just disconnect, let your mind rest, and then be ready for the following week. Yeah, I think you're right on there, Jacqueline. You know, I haven't really necessarily gone on a lot of like long vacations. And I I, I think I enjoy it. And my wife also feels the same way as far as work goes is those shorter ones. Because sometimes you take the longer one and you can't help, but then something creeps in your mind about work. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's five, six days, yeah. 10 days. And then also coming back, no matter how much you love your job, there's this that first day back. It's just like, oh, I know I'm going to have work that's piled up. I, I've been used to kind of doing whatever I wanted to for the last 10 days. Oh, yeah. and now, you know what I mean? It's just that, that mentality. And, and so, so there's, a, there's a big part of it to me that, uh, you know, those shorter, like, two, three-day vacations are really great if, to the point of the article and what Lynn said and Jacqueline said, that you really shut down, you focus on whether it's family, friends, yourself, uh, whatever you're doing, just really enjoy it and know that, look, three days missing work, you're not going to, as long as you plan it correctly, you're not going to hopefully be backed up with too much. You're not going to have all these important things that are, you know, bells and whistles going off. So I, I really would, in most cases, try to stick to those shorter ones. I mean, a, a nice long one, obviously, every now and again <laughs> is great uh, just to be able to really get away. But I'll say I, when I taught for a couple of years, we were a year-round school. And so every, um, every three months, we would actually have three weeks off. And that was great. That would be nice. Yeah, that was great for like the first week. And then like those two weeks leading up to it, you're just like, oh, man, like <laughs> it's almost like starting over every three months. So that was kind of hard in that oh. in that regard. So I think there's a balance in it to each, you know, their own, obviously, figure out what works best. But I, I would say if you can keep those shorter ones, I, I think it works better in the long run. And I'm probably on the other end of that spectrum. Uh, so <laughs> I'll speak to taking a longer vacation. But part of it is I mentally need to wind myself down. And so usually when I do plan a trip, I'll intentionally take a little bit of time off beforehand and after so mm. I can wind down. Oh, a vacation from the vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so I can wind <laughs> that down. Because I need a couple days to <laughs> right? just yeah. settle down and kind of get into vo- vacation mode. And then when I'm in it, it's so much easier. And then I'll need like a day or a half day at least when I get back to just check my emails and prepare for coming into work. So for me, a little bit longer works best for me because then I have that time to wind down, really enjoy the quality piece of the people I'm with during the vacation, and then have that time built into my vacation, (laughs) (laughs) which sounds contradictory here, um, to be able to then ramp myself back up. I I mean, that makes sense to me because honestly, like, you know, with family and stuff, having birthday parties, I preferred if they have it on a Saturday because when they do it like on a Sunday or it's a Sunday uh, night yeah. and you're there till like nine o'clock, it's like, yep. and you get home and like, you're exhausted. Yeah, and it's just like, well, now I got to go. You know, if you do it Saturday, at least Sunday, you can kind of recoup and plan and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I, I, I completely understand your point with that, Liz. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, our last topic is uh, for Tim. Tim, what do you want to talk about? It's It's no less important. It's just. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, ladies first. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I get to go. Uh, you know, I actually just finished up one complete year here at, uh, at Local Woo-hoo, Job Network. Anniversary, happy anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so it actually did kind of pop in my head. 
and you know, it's a little bit of a maybe fantasy idea or, you know, but if you had one year to just go do whatever you wanted to job wise, you know, some sort of almost like a, a work sabbatical, if you will, um, you know, to learn from it, just to experience something different. What would you choose? Maybe, you know, and, and again, learning, knowing that you're going to come back to your job that you currently have and maybe you can apply some of those things and, uh, you know, no limitations, do whatever you want. You know, you could be the president, you could go to, you know, be an astronaut. It doesn't matter. Uh, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on where you would go, what you would do, and how you would be able to learn from that and bring it back to your current job. What would you do, Tim? Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I want Tim to start. All right, I he can thought start. about it. <laughs> I can start, I guess. Well, okay, if we're putting no limitations on it in okay, terms of right? talent okay. or you know ability, um, I chose I would just be a baseball player for really? a year. Really? Why not? You know, That is shocking. I know. It's every day. You get a, you I know, wish we were playing a game show. I would have got that one right. <laughs> Decent paycheck. But no, I mean, I and you know, people who really know me know I could probably relate anything to baseball in some fashion. But, uh, you know, obviously the teamwork aspect of it is obvious in terms of, use, you know, sort of utilizing that and bringing it back to the workplace. But, you know, I also think of things like, you know, baseball's every single day. One day you fail, you're awful. The next day you might be great. Maybe one day you're terrific. The next day you go out and you're you're horrible. And and it's it's this mental game of of just back and forth and being able to bounce back. And and it's a constant learning curve. And I think that's a big thing in the workplace is that you need to adjust. Just because things are going well right now, something's going to change. Something's going to you know somebody's going to do something that messes with you a little bit. And now you have to adjust. So to me, it would really be that. I mean, it's like I say, it's every single day. It's it's immediate feedback from both your peers and your your customers. <laughs> the public. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's some, you know, being able to take some criticism in that way. I'm not saying in the workplace you should be somebody does something wrong and you want people booing you or yelling at you or something <laughs> like that. But but you know, taking criticism is is something you need to learn to to do. Um, you know, I, I think I'm actually pretty good at taking criticism. I'm probably worse at taking compliments, as Jacqueline can attest to. I can. So, so in the, in that case too, just just be being able to, to have that feedback because you don't always get that daily feedback or weekly feedback in your workplace. So just experiencing that maybe, okay, how can I use this? How can I use it for myself? Um, and then, of course, just the from the side of playing baseball. It's, I was just looking for a, a, a way to excuse myself and go play <laughs> baseball for a year. So anyway, that's my take. That's on a nice tie-in into your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at some point, at some point, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll have a baseball portion of uh, MilwaukeeJobs.com. Did right, you think yeah. about how much your one-year contract would be worth? Yeah, it would be the minimum, but the minimum's still pretty darn good. Let's put it that way. How gracious of you. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. It'll be the league minimum. Go but. for a bonus, though. <laughs> Incentive, yeah, bonus Right. Incentives yeah, for right. certain milestones. Uh-huh. You can bring that to yep. the workplace. There you go. It, it does happen here. So. Very nice. That's my take on it. You guys are probably more more serious about it. Uh, I would be, and, and I thought about this, I would, it's, it's kind of twofold. I would move to Spain and be an tr- English translator, but though, but for the purpose of learning Spanish. So, you know, kind of give to get a little bit. And I feel like that would impact me because I really think that in the role that I'm currently at with communications, we cater to a lot of job seekers, um, people that are employed in management, and we don't have anything that caters to non-English speakers. Oh, yeah. And for me, I feel like that would benefit the current role, I mean, the role that I'm in, and um, offering those podcasts and um, articles and whatnot to people that speak Spanish. I feel like that's definitely a need 
in society, and I feel like it's getting more and more of a need as time goes on. That sounds a lot more helpful than, than mine. <laughs> well, my. and I've always well, there's a there's a little bit of selfishness to it because I always have wanted to be bilingual, and I figure learning Spanish is probably the uh, more reasonable option. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I would really like to write a screenplay, but I can't really. Um, I couldn't really come to grips with how that would translate into a current <laughs> job. Writing. Well, yeah, writing. It's all right, about yeah. storytelling. Well, creative you know? writing, yeah. yeah. You're always telling a story. <laughs> I didn't tell you what kind of screenplay I'd be writing. But um, the other thing, though, that I would like to do, which my primary role here is really as um, a project manager, and I wouldn't mind working in the White House for a year just to give it a shot, but I think I'd go insane there. What would you do there? <laughs> well, there's no politics in the White House at all. And, um, so that might be frustrating. So. <laughs> Wow, that's so, impressive. Maybe they'd have you start on the next campaign from day one, and there you go, four years, four years. <laughs> oh, well, three I, years I don't really think I could do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Lynn mentioned the game show host earlier, and Uh-oh. actually, if I could, I would love to host a game show. <laughs> oh, wow. Sweet. <laughs> what a tie-in. I cannot tie that to my current position, though, so I did, I did have backup. <laughs> And I don't know if uh, many of you are Target shoppers or big box store shoppers at all, but I walk into that store and immediately I go to like the discount section that's right in front. And clearly I am a sucker for marketing. (laughs) And I think it would be so neat to study the behaviors of consumers. So I think I'd like to be on the other end of selling in like analyzing and um, understanding buyer behaviors and being on that side of the marketing. Like what's hot and what isn't hot. Yeah, and helping to create all of that. That would really impact your career. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like to see you as a game show host, though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, this was an enlightening conversation, but we are all out of time. If you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, send us a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. And tell us your thoughts on how you would grow your job into a career, or if you could do any job that you wanted, what would it be? For Liz Dotson, Lynn Molitor, and Tim Muma, I'm Jacqueline Peterson. Thanks for listening.